Did you know last year archaeologists found a lost city of giants in Ecuador, but information has just recently been revealed. This find was located in the Amazon jungle and consisted of megalithic era pyramid-shaped stone structures 80 meters high with 80 meters meter square bases and made from roughly cut <laughs> stones that were approximately two tons in weight. Stone tools were also found that were too large for a normal human to use. Oh. Explorers also found large mounds of equal size shit. The idea was the work that this was the work of giants and it comes from ancient Ecuadorian legends that giants are walking the earth. The question is, <laughs> could giants have existed back before humans or even during ancient times? And is the U.S. government trying to hide it? <gasps> what do you guys think? <laughs> if they're so giant, why can't I see them anywhere? Where yeah. I go? They're just so big. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. You know, this really, this, piles of this really puts into perspective and, and kind of ties everything together between, you know, the Reagan administration, <laughs> the <laughs> administration. This is why you know, he was funding the Contra rebels, guys. <laughs> <laughs> about the Reagan administration on this episode <laughs> of the Tape Rooms Podcast. Can anybody drive this thing? A simple task to undertake, you think. Not a lot of hoop there, loops of flaming hoops, no need for a king. Solely a chorus kept steady over and over, floating around. Welcome, you're listening to the Tape Rooms Podcast. My name's Anthony, and we're so happy to have in the studio today Aaron Rudolski and Roberto Ortega. Aaron is a musician. He's a one has one of the greatest voice I've ever heard, and That's he's very my kind. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> and Roberto Ortega, one of the biggest musicians, uh, music fans. I know he's, I've been to many concerts with him and he's the, the current voice of indie rock. Thank you. I so am both parts of MGMT, actually, <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> and then we got uh, the band here too. Hello, uh, this is Caesar. he's here. What up, dudes? This is Ramon. This is Matt, back from uh, the <laughs> Northernlands, Canada. This is George, back from Los Angeles. <laughs> great, great. So, this is an uh, an indie rock, indie art scene podcast. If you haven't listened, and we're here with Aaron, and we want to ask you the first question. You released a music video recently. What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> Was what inspired your recent music video? It's called uh, what's the title again? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's called Pants on Fire. Pants on Fire. So, what was the inspiration for that? So, the inspiration behind it, uh, we all, I'm assuming, know the phrase "liar, liar, pants on fire." No, I'm uh, not familiar. <laughs> yeah, could you give us a, <laughs> a summary of what that <laughs> means, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
a liar is somebody who makes false statements or claims. Um, I'm not sure where the pants on fire came from, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the second part of that rhyme. And uh, the song itself is really about climate change denial, denial of environmental impact from humans, so on and so forth. And uh, it's it's about that. Thanks. Or, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> 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 uh, I meant to say uh, <laughs> I really like how the video is made and uh, how it's just used as stock Yo, footage. Tona, Tony, give us like a, a rundown of the video for people. Who yeah, seen. I right. haven't seen it. So the video is a <laughs> sort of <laughs> it's a collage of images. Videos, bro. Videos. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's videos, it's videos of, within of, one video. <laughs> of politicians uh, speaking about de- or denying climate change and uh, coupled with extreme climate uh, right. uh, damage and chaos. And, and, and Aaron's arousing voice, like, yeah, yeah, in the background. What's also cool <laughs> is that you can still hear, th- yeah, yeah, it's like, coupled you hear them but you also hear the song so it's in the mix you can still hear both the song and the, the voices in the back yeah so so check out pants on fire by aaron the rad or what's your aaron radulski that's your official yeah on youtube it's just aaron radulski cool yeah so mm. i still haven't figured out what my real last name is what about your artist name have you thought of an artist name uh, so it's it's either just gonna be Aaron Rad or maybe Aaron Radulski. Um, maybe I'll think of something more clever in the future. Um, I haven't I haven't started off. I haven't really kicked off anything with uh, my my hopes of of being a rock star yet. So we're still figuring out all the little pieces. I think you should call yourself A Rad. A Rad. It sounds like A Rad. (laughs) 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 Actually, um, growing up, one of one of my big role models uh, was the uh, the priest at our at the congregation that we went to, and he called me A Rad. You know, like A Rod, like Alex Rodriguez, but Aaron Rodolski, A Rad. The yes. (laughs) <laughs> we, don't, we don't say Alex Rodriguez's name in this household. <laughs> it's um, a dirty word. Yeah, go Red Sox. <laughs> I feel like you, you probably have like a lot of songs written. Why did you choose to make a music video about this one? So, it, I do. I, ha- I have a good amount of stuff written. Um, and the reason that this one really really called to me to make something of it was really during the uh, the fires in Southern and Northern California uh, this past year. You know, wildfires are nothing new to California, but the frequency, the intensity, and the duration that we've been seeing in the last few years have been off the charts. Um, and there's just so much damage, so much despair from these that I, I really felt like it was it was a good time to to put something out about it. And actually, in the second part of the video, the second part of the song that really addresses the evidence, um, 
you know, the fires, the floodings, the hurricanes, there is actually a clip um, of Paradise, California, and, or what's left of it. That's wild. What an oxymoron, Paradise. paradise no, what I found really insensitive about the fires, too, was that they called it the campfire. Do you know that? Like, right? They called it a campfire. That. Like, you know, campfires, they called the official name for that huge fire, the campfire. Also, um, since it was like Malibu, I feel like there were a lot of jokes about, um, you know, oh, it's just like rich people. Uh, but, like, historically, Malibu is not just actually rich people. Like, um, I was actually reading how basically in the 50s, like, a lot of people who wouldn't, like, be necessarily accepted by a kind of mainstream society actually moved out into Malibu before it was, like, a, a rich person destination and uh, basically lived out in the wilderness and built their own homes. So a lot of the houses that were lost were, like, you know, had been, like, built by the people's like, grandparents. Um, and so, yeah, so, like, there was a lot of history, L.A. history lost there, too, so a shame but anyways oh so Aaron um how I forgot to ask how's your day going (laughs) 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 my my day's going pretty well actually it's been pretty productive um although I feel like that's kind of a, a stock answer that I usually give when people ask me how my day's going but it, today it's actually been true. Um, What's like the ratio to like, <laughs> like true to not true when you say that day your day is productive? Day. Yeah. Oh, uh, easily like nine to one unproductive. <laughs> <laughs> Just like lying in bed, watching TV, eating cereal. Somebody asked me how my day is. It's been good, you know, busy, busy, busy. But but it's been good. <laughs> Walk us, yeah, besides eating cereal, like, walk us through your daily routine, man, because you always seem to be really positive. That's definitely That's inspirational. True, yeah. yeah. What, what keeps you in that mindset? Well, <clears throat> actually, um, I, I, I did start up a, a little bit of a new routine a few months ago. I started incorporating uh, a lot more mindfulness, uh, meditation, and yoga, and a lot more exercise and attention to my diet. Um, Real food can make a big difference. Um, Yeah, and before that, it's probably because I was already drunk. Like real food opposed (laughs) to like hallucinations? Seem like food or or like digital food? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Opposed to, you know, Stuff that that comes in wrappers, uh, processed and refined foods. I've been doing a lot of cooking lately. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I know you recently took a, up a job at a grocery store. Is that right? This is a correct statement. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that been like? How how long you been working there? What's what's it like? I've been there for almost two months now. It's. It's an interesting place. Um, I I like working there. I love my coworkers, um, but it's it's definitely an interesting little microcosm of LA and and more specifically Santa Monica. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna name the store uh, for various We're legal gonna track reasons. You down. <laughs> um, <coughs> but it's a it's a very high end uh, like super health store. Um, almost everything is organic. They have a lot of vegan and gluten free options, and it's uh, it's it's not cheap. Um, so you you get an interesting crowd because a lot of people are there because they're interested in their health. They're interested in more environmentally conscious food sources. Um, but a lot of people, I think, are there because they can be there. And uh, Like Bradley Cooper? <laughs> I did meet Bradley Cooper the other day, yes. What? Oh, shit. It's crazy because we were talking about A Star is Born in our last episode and now. I was actually thinking about that film earlier today um, because I was was thinking about songwriting and there's a great line, I think maybe a few times in that movie about every song, something to the likes of every song is the same, every story is the same, it's just the way you tell it that makes people want to listen to it. Um, And yeah, I, I loved that film. Yeah, same. So going back to where you're talking about the, the grocery store being uh, microcosm. Um, so, like, you know, obviously you, your videos about climate change, right? And it's important to try to, um, to eat, you know, from more sustainable sources, right? But, yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard. It's like, like people get on a like a moral high horse when it comes to food right but um it's actually like more expensive to be mindful and it's like something that's like screwed up about our system but like i don't know if there's anything you've observed um you know that you've learned from working at the store just like in general like how can we be more sustainable like uh with our food more conscious but without necessarily going to the places that are like super expensive so (coughs) (laughs) sorry sorry that's it dude i'm not making fun of you i'm amazed by your answers because this is some like hardcore (laughs) 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 how can we how can we solve climate change (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. can you break it down i need a i need a aaron i need a five-step plan no but no no i mean sorry i guess just to break it down more like what are some things that you like for example, like you might do that maybe don't cost like a whole lot of money, but are like you were talking about how you'd also changed up your food. Well, so I, I do want to go back to, to one thing you said, which is really important is that it is so difficult to, to eat right and eat environmentally consciously, yeah. whatever on a budget. Um, it's, it's really hard. Um, it can be done. It can certainly be done. There are different ways that you as an individual can take steps towards it. Um, but we also, the way that the U.S. in particular and a lot of other countries, but really especially the U.S. is laid out, is that for a lot of people in rural and low-income environments, it's, you know, it's, it can be as much as a half an hour, an hour drive to get to a grocery store that has mm. fresh produce. It is next to impossible to get fresh, healthy food on your table while also meeting the demands of your schedule and your budget. And that's something that, that really goes back to a systematic level yeah. of how we plan our cities, how we plan 
our counties, how we, I mean, we're, we're still growing as a world and as a nation. So as we develop further and as old infrastructure is replaced by the new, we really do need to be cognizant of things like this and make sure that there are requirements or at the very least incentives to have places with fresh produce, um, healthy food available in all communities, not just Santa Monica and I'm not going to go on a list of, <laughs> of wealthy areas, but, you know, all these little beach communities and kind of yuppie areas that do have a lot of money that are able to have stores like this one that I'm not going to name. Um, <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, you know, not everybody can, can pay, like, $9 for a pound of lettuce or a bunch of tomatoes. Um Right. Yeah, and that's that's not an exact quote from this store that doesn't exist. <laughs> it's it might be on the side of an exaggeration, but when you when you fill up your grocery cart in you know any store, if you're if you're going for the very high value, organic local produce, um, it can become very costly. Um, and <laughs> so sorry, you you asked how we stop climate change yeah. and that <laughs> that really i think ties into this and in that it no one can do it on their own yeah. it has to be a systematic approach but what we can do on our own is vote Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh wait i want to keep talking about this <laughs> no no really because uh, i was doing field work at uh, in southeastern san diego and it was at a community center, really low-income area. And the closest grocery store to them was the 99-cent store. And I don't know if you guys ever been in there and seen the kind of produce they have and saw shit. This is like the worst produce you can get. And the problem with a lot of these places, like you mentioned earlier, it's not really as nutritious. Reason being is because it's transported for way longer. It's sitting out there in a trailer just in the back being driven across the country for who knows how long is not really no you know not really the best conditions not really the freshest and kind of what what was double messed up is that we would get produce donated from uh, an upscale grocery store by by UCSD and they would give us leftover shit it was basically the stuff that the people there didn't find good enough so a lot of the times i would have to pick out completely rotten groceries that were mixed in there and, and I think that's really messed up because the the whole point of them giving it was you know to lend a hand but they were just giving us like garbage basically so that I think you you made completely so solid and valid points on the fact that the infrastructure isn't really there yet in areas where it really is needed to make a change I agree totally. There's like one thing that came to mind was like how you know we are sort of increasing our mobilization through things like uh, DoorDash and Postmates and all that, but even then that still caters to you know people who have the money for it. Like the one example that came to mind too was uh, that documentary Food Inc and how there's this family, low income, they 
they eat at Burger King because it's cheaper and more affordable to feed their family than it is to you know buy produce and, and you get vegetables. Full. Yeah, and you it, it's calories even though it's not good. So who's that? Who's responsible? Should it be like the fast food companies who who should start? You know, maybe it costs them more, but it. Well, it it's a little bit of everything. It's, I don't think you could put the blame on like one person exactly for sure. Like a, another problem is that essentially the people who fund most studies on food are food companies themselves. Oh, and yeah. so they're basically That's like, true. yeah, funding their own interests and backing them up through these studies that you know they've handpicked the, the researchers doing them too. So it's like. And they've often handpicked the yeah. evidence that's going to be examined. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. And Was that <coughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 like a soundtrack um, following him? <laughs> <laughs> I think this, uh, this kind of points, I guess, like to social inequalities. And, and I think this ties perfectly not only like social inequalities in health, but also in, in terms of the enjoyment of music. Because in a lot of low-income areas, um, even I guess even in, in areas where you're a little bit more wealthy, um, but at least in areas where you're a little bit more wealthy, you have the luxury of pursuing your art because at least you have financial backing in case you fail. But in low-income areas, if you tell your parents, I want to do something with music, it's like, you better fuck off because you oh got to make money true. to support your family. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's kind of crazy how like <coughs> this inequality affects so many aspects of our life. But I want to ask a more specific question. Um, like, I guess since, like, where you grew up also affects, like, the, the closeness you have to certain foods. How do you, how do you think, like, uh, growing up in Santa Monica affected you in, like, your choice of music? And, because Santa Monica's, like, a whole, like, hub of just all types of music. And I didn't grow up in Santa Monica. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Connecticut. Oh, crap. That's almost Santa Monica, right? <laughs> it's, it's just a hop, skip, <laughs> and two as plane rides away. As yeah. opposite of Santa Monica. Yeah, you got the beach. You got, <laughs> you got the beach. You got summer, four, four seasons a year. Yeah. How was it growing yeah, up in Connecticut? Tell us about the con- Connecticut experience. Branford? Branford, Connecticut. That's right. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Branford. Um Gorgeous little town, uh, coastal suburbia, right outside New Haven. Um, I think it's about 22 square miles, 28,000 people. Um, it's it's cool. I'm gonna give uh, an equally political answer to living in and working in Santa Monica. It's interesting. Uh, you you see a lot of different stuff. Um, <coughs> Brantford especially is very diverse economically, uh, not so diverse in other areas. <laughs> but uh, you know we have we have oceanfront communities that homes sell for anywhere between eight hundred thousand and and four million dollars. We have a small chain of islands off the coast that has houses on it, um, wow. but we also have trailer parks uh, I think six of them we have section 8 housing we have small farms in the town that have been you know farmed since Brantford was first founded as an agricultural community in 1644 <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Brantford's, I, I love Brantford because there's so much of, of life happening there. You, you really see a whole different, uh, a whole lot of different stuff there. Does it, uh, how does it uh, inspire your, your music? Like how, how long have you been writing songs? Whew. Uh, <coughs> I think my first attempt at writing a song was probably when I was in maybe second grade. Um, you will not find any of those songs yeah, on, my, on my <laughs> debut Your greatest album. Work? <laughs> my greatest works. I think uh, writing about how much I liked my soccer ball. Uh, that's one that I remember. Um, I don't remember any of the other ones. I guess you mentioned like one of your idols was, was uh, your role models was someone like from your congregation. Did you like perform in your church? I... I never performed in the choir. Uh, we did have, we had a PA system in the, the kind of chapel area of the church. And after our like Sunday meetings or whatever, when everyone would go into uh, like the, I think it was called the congregational <coughs> hall or the, the parish hall maybe. Um, and we'd have, you know, coffee and and donuts and crackers and whatever out uh, it's my favorite part of church yeah. me too <laughs> uh, i think it's called coffee hour or something yeah. um after the services i would sneak back in not really sneak in but i'd, I'd go in i knew where uh where the pa system was in the back and i knew how to turn on the mics and I would, I would go and I would turn on the mics and then go get the portable mic and kind of sing, you know, Beatles and Yellow Card and, <laughs> and Fall Out Boy. It's like a story about how someone gets discovered, like a, like a little boy just sneaks into the church, plugs into the PA system, and then like a producer walks in and he's like, whose voice is this? Who and is then he, he touches him inappropriately. Not the plot to A Star Is Born. Is that really? <laughs> That's how everyone gets discovered in their dreams. You're just messing around one day, letting yourself be, and then someone just discovers you. That would be nice. <laughs> I in think that's life, kind of what I hope to happen. discovers you messing around is your mom. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like to share a story, Matt? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> but when, when you discovered yourself... <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And I when your mom discovered you, discovered <laughs> yourself. <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, American Apparel had these nude ads. No. <laughs> um, so when was your first real performance? My it wasn't at church. So I would say there there are a couple different moments that I would I would call my first real performance. Um, when I was maybe in my junior year of high school um yeah i think it was my junior year of high school uh one of my teachers was organizing a a little benefit um a very local thing and myself and a friend of mine um played a few songs at it i think we played uh let's see we played knocking on heaven's door oh yeah um, Guns N' Roses version? Hell no. I heard Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob fucking Dylan. Robert Zimmerman. Um, we played We played a few other, I, I don't know why it's escaping me, um, a few other songs. And 
him and I used to to play a lot together, like uh, instruments. Uh, <laughs> 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 used to jam and, and kind of half-ass record a lot together. Um, and whenever we'd be out at, at like restaurants or bars, anywhere that they had a live musician playing, um, whenever they were taking their five, we'd give him a $5 tip and ask if we could use his guitar and his microphone for a few minutes. Ooh, and wow. we'd play a few songs. Um, and then, actually a few months ago, at one of your guys' show, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had the honor of opening up. Um, as I said then, and as I will say now, I think it was to make you guys look better. Okay. <laughs> nah, that's not true, man. Yeah, you great that night. But awesome. whoever's guitar that was, it was a little bit out of tune, so I have my <laughs> suspicions. Something was up with the tuner. I think I misplaced. Did your voice sound good? Because didn't the PA system act up also? It sounded like you were singing Screamo, or like we were singing Screamo when we performed. Oh, no, I don't think it happened with Aaron's, but yeah. Voice was too, it respected I think, his voice. Yeah, exactly. I think my voice <laughs> shone through. <laughs> <laughs> I've no. been called the songbird of my generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, basically like halfway through one of the songs, Protus's voice just all of a sudden just literally sounded demonic, <laughs> and I was like, "Is he doing that, or is that the microphone?" But yeah. it was during that moment, I, I I didn't even realize it, and I thought it was people singing along. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, cool, people are singing along." <laughs> it was literally just the PA fucking up, and you got possessed. Yeah, by, I by it was the like, spirit of rock and what roll. What voices are these? <laughs> you were speaking in tongues. Yeah, yeah dude, <laughs> I was like, "Is something coming out of Protus?" <laughs> The true <laughs> Protus was going super sane. Well, we're hitting around the, the half hour mark, so uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back shortly for the next part. Thanks. Welcome back to the Tape Rooms podcast. We're all uh, freshened up. <laughs> we're, very l we're very limber. Yeah, we hit the powder room. We're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, you heard it here first. The tapeworms have just changed their name officially <laughs> to Los Tapeworms. That's German. And then they <laughs> changed it again to Das Tapeworms. Yeah. Which is Spanish. Exactly. <laughs> now, now we're going to be a very erotic German heavy metal band. That's yeah. kind of our new image, guys. With an indie twist. With an indie twist. <laughs> We are genre fluid. Genre, <laughs> genre bending. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, we're all dying to know. <laughs> what are you listening to right now? Any songs? Any new bands? Oh, I thought you meant right now, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that would be a little disrespectful. Yeah, can <laughs> you focus on us? That would be pretty <laughs> meta. <for> <laughs> <laughs> it's, his, it's his AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, yesterday... Uh, Anthony asked me if I had ever heard of or listened to Phoebe Riggers. 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 Yeah. Um, and today I checked out some of her stuff. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah. So today I checked out some of her shit, and it was awesome. Um, yeah. I, I listened to just about the entirety of the album that Funeral's on. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was really funny that uh, funny was completely the incorrect <laughs> word to use. <laughs> Oh, can we start? Can we yeah, just <laughs> disgusting, um, arousing? What was the? It was um, <coughs> maybe coincidental, maybe not. But uh, maybe a year ago, um, 
I showed Anthony a song by Pine Grove called Old Friends, uh, which it turns out Anthony actually had shown me a oh few yeah. months prior. <laughs> yeah. That I had forgotten that he had shown me. Um, and the song has, uh, a, I, th I think, a very similar theme to Funeral. Right. Um, and so I don't know if that was related to why you specifically pointed out Funeral to me or if that was just happenstance. But it, it made me think of a very similar circumstance in my hometown that, uh, that I think a lot of us there connected to old friends with. Um, mm -hmm. So Phoebe Ridgers, uh, check her out. Not all of her stuff is about funerals. I think <laughs> she has a lot of sad songs though. What does this sound like? And she's a, a folk. I wouldn't say country, but folky. It's like indie folk. Indie, yeah, indie folk. She has a really wisp whispery, dreamy, really nice voice. I was actually just showing Birdo the song on the on the drive here, actually, and uh, yeah, w we were kind of getting emotional in the car, <laughs> and th and then Cesar called me like, "Where are you at? <laughs> we're having a moment." And where you is. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's something about her voice when you're like cresting that hill and you see like all of the beautiful like sky and stars and she's <laughs> just kind of like being beautiful and ethereal and you just kind of like connect with something. You don't really know what. And then, y yeah, you go. You, sh <laughs> you showed me a new band actually put this the other day when it was raining. Every other day oh yeah. when it was raining. Um, oh yeah. And, and it was just beautiful with the rain. The music was just so, like, nice. And Protus, Protus has, like, literally been turning on to, like, I think turning me on to exclusively songs that make me cry. Like, <laughs> what was that Japanese band? Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's uh, Tenoku Tekoku. Wait. Holy no, shit, no, bro. You can't just make up right. the name. No, yeah. <laughs> 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 Wait, I, 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 <laughs> Dome Orgato Wait, wait, I want to get this right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just like this really just like lo-fi, my bloody Valentine like guitar okay, with well this sad Japanese woman just like singing. And it's the like the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. The artist heard. is in Japanese, but I'm pretty sure it's Tinoku Tekoku. I'll look it up. Yo Yoruga Katera. Katera. Yeah, is it's there. like a super long title. Yeah. Oh my god, it's beautiful. Yo, Tony, yeah. why the fuck are you always listening to so much fucking sad shit? I don't know. It helps. I'm just a sad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I. It's weird because... Yeah, Tenoko... Kinoko Tekoku. Kinoko Tekoku. I missed the T and the K mixed up. Kinoko Tekoku. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like some people... I think we were just talking about this the other day. When, when they're sad, they try to listen oh to happy yeah. music. But for me, when I'm sad, I like to to bask in my sadness by listening yeah. to more. Yeah, we should make a, a, a poll that. on Instagram. When you're sad, do you like sad music? Or do you put stuff to make you forget that you're sad? You know, sometimes, for some reason, it, like, it's not because I'm trying to make myself feel better. But for some reason, it's the only thing I feel like I resonate with when I'm sad. But it's yeah. like funk music. Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? Definitely not funk no, music. I was be like, yeah, it validates your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> then you just totally. <laughs> <laughs> that was the hardest laugh I've ever. Had. No, I, I, I don't, I don't aim to, um, specifically. But when I'm, when I'm not feeling my 100, when I'm, you know, in in a bit of a funk, in a bit of a cloud, like the music that 
when I go to listen to something that I pick out or that I look for tends to be, you know, more sadder stuff. Um, I think just it feels right. And then when I'm happy and I'm up and I'm about it, I'm, I'm listening to fuck music. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think something I, I think about is, is like sometimes when I'm going to bed or when I'm like just chilling in my room and no- nothing's happening or I'm cleaning, I like to turn on the TV because it just it sounds sad, but it's like you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but true. I'm thinking that could be the exact same thing with music when you're really sad and then Drake is telling you how you feel and he's Drake is telling you you're going <laughs> to get better and, yeah. and you're going to make it through this. I think that's also a thing. <laughs> There's just something about like a groovy bass line that connects yeah. with, when I'm <laughs> with me yeah. when I'm sad. <laughs> All right, you guys definitely have different fuck music. <laughs> I said funk music, not fuck <laughs> music. Oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Not fuck music, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just some groovy bass. Just some, oh, yeah, dude. Just, I don't know what it is. Some just helps check. you keep the rhythm. <laughs> I mean, funk music can be funk music, but. It's true. If, yeah, if you're like 60, yeah. <laughs> but so can sad music. That's if, true. If you're, if you're dating like it. a goth chick. Yeah. Oh, that'll hurt some. Like some if you did a goth chick, <laughs> you know, I, heart. I oh. can totally see if if you're in like a a serious thing with someone. I can totally see listening to slower music being a, a more intimate uh, environment for uh, the the procreative acts. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! I, I'm trying to date like a forty year old so we can listen oh. to like Miles Davis or something. <laughs> Just a, a drum solo for 30 minutes. <laughs> that's that's your fetish. Yeah, just a drum solo. His own drum solos that he's <laughs> uploaded on SoundCloud. <laughs> How many songs do you have on SoundCloud, Aaron? I think two currently. <laughs> You're is almost it, what is your SoundCloud? Plug it. It's Aaron Dash Rad. Aaron Dash Rad. It might just be Aaron Rad. That wasn't a very good plug, was it? <laughs> Were those like two of your favorite songs or just two of the songs you got down to recording? Uh, two of the songs I, I got down to recording. One of them, um, one of them I, I do, I really love the song. I, I like both of them. They're both, yeah, yeah. Um, one of them I really like. It's called The King. It's, um, it's about a, uh, a, a mentor of mine growing up. Um, a close family friend who, uh, you know, really heartbreakingly passed a few years ago. Um, and it's, it's kind of my inner thoughts afterwards wondering about, you know, I think what a lot of us wonder about in those times, um, you know, what, what happens next to, for him, what happens next for me without ever like seeing and, and talking joking around with him again what happens for his family what happens to all the people whose lives he's touched um, and and the things that I that I hope uh, he was he was able to to be thinking and holding on to in, uh, in his final you know his final hours final days so on um, and it's actually the the same guy that I mentioned earlier that I play around with with instruments. Um, mm. He recorded the guitar for that and uh, sent it over to me. 
Um, I recorded some vocals on it, or the vocals on it. Birdo actually um, played the snare drum in yeah. that, uh, actually in the form of a, I think it was a potato chip wrapper, who just happened to be, as I was recording it, he was Wait, throwing it serious? out. Yeah, I'm completely oh, serious. Fuck, nice. if, you, if you listen to it closely, yeah. you can hear a little snare roll. That's actually like a bag of potato chips being thrown out. Yeah, that's out. so likely. Yeah, definitely true. <laughs> Bro, I didn't notice you're like sporting a nice beard. That's nice. It's because I'm too poor to afford razor blades. <laughs> I think I think this is an important time to make the distinction between being poor and being broke. I'm too broke to afford razor blades. <laughs> you guys are beard shaming Wait, what's him. the difference? Because I might actually just be poor too. <laughs> <laughs> I. I, I, I was making light of it, but I, I think I don't I don't want to like get I don't want to stay dreary and, and serious <laughs> the for this whole thing. Uh-huh. But I do a lot of time I, I hear people saying, "Oh, I can't afford to go out tonight. I'm I'm so poor right now, so on and so forth." And I I think that the I'm sorry to bring this up right after I you know, said this. Now like, I'm yeah, sorry. You're, you're, you're putting me on such full a blast. Right like I'm being <laughs> such a dick right now. <laughs> I, no, you're cool. But I do think it's I I think about it sometimes and and I think it's important that you know it's a, a little thing that it's a little pet peeve, um, you know I think it's a little discrediting to to people that actually struggle, um, people that really don't know like where where the food's coming from for the next week, where the rent's coming from, or if they're just gonna have just enough. This time around, people really living paycheck to paycheck, and then people like myself who are just currently broke as shit, but do have like, I, you know, I've I've got parents looking out for me. Like I have, I have a place to go if everything falls apart. Um, yeah. Birdo, explain just, yourself. Yeah, yeah I'm so I, I don't need to be a fucking dick. Yeah. Dude, you're not a dick, but I feel like <laughs> just as a counterpoint to that. When someone says they're poor, like, I'm not poor. Aaron is totally correct in calling me out. I'm not trying to defend myself right now. <laughs> but for people, I mean, if they say they're poor, then you you don't know from an out, like an observing standpoint if they are actually poor. I mean, you might just think that they're broke bitches who are like, <laughs> saying they're poor, <laughs> but they might actually like go home to these struggles, to, like, a, to a, a poor life, <laughs> despite how they make themselves appear on the outside. And also, there's different types of poverty. There's emotional poverty. Do you really <laughs> yeah. want to get into it? Mental poverty? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't. Maybe I don't they are really poor, yeah. They <laughs> True. They, haven't, they don't have a philosophy. Yet. Going back to music, I'm sorry. Random, <laughs> <laughs> random no, please topic do. shift. I'm sorry. I, uh, but I, I like your, no, I like no, no, your no. beard. Aaron, I, I like your beard a little bit. Too. You have a little <laughs> bit. Like, <laughs> and then... Uh, I don't really have facial hair, just to set the scene. I had a goatee. <laughs> just to set the scene. <laughs> Wait, is, what would you call that, Ramon? <laughs> <laughs> what would you call what you have? <laughs> he can't describe it. <laughs> is that a goatee? or? Yeah, it's a goatee. Well, it's, it's like a, a goatee-stash combo. Yeah. yeah. I like I that, say. too, with glasses. And a Rams hat. <laughs> R.I.P. Rams. But yeah, going, going to music, oh yeah. I was just thinking about, because another thing that I listen to uh, when I'm sad is Spanish music. But I've been, like, really analyzing, like, Spanish love songs lately, bro. 
and I don't know, like if you were to translate that into English, just wouldn't be as romantic. I think, like, <laughs> like I feel like there's something Spanish gets away with, like, you know, there's like a Luis Miguel song that's "Sabor a mi," which means like the, my taste. And like, I don't know, bro. Like, if you, if you heard like I, I don't know who's like Adam Levine or something, like singing about like you're gonna taste me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wasn't that that one know. song? I think I'm a lot of people would be angry about that. that. Well, yeah, I know, but everybody would be like, <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but I, I wonder what that is. Like, I don't know. Just it's a romance language, yeah. It's true. Is I guess English language. is kind English of is pretty sexy. I mean, no, it's not sexy, but we got some. Well, I mean, we got some French vibes going on. You know? I'm down for a nice licking. Yeah, I'm down for a nice <laughs> licking. <laughs> like a good guitar lick. Yeah. Everyone's in right. No, well, like a physical like tongue <laughs> on my body. Aaron, Aaron, I'm gonna print out the the lyrics, uh, translate it to English, and then we can have you maybe sing them <laughs> and see if they still hold up. <laughs> Let's do it. That Absolutely. Aaron, at the end of the show. Um, I don't want to stray away from music again, but who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? <coughs> so. Uh. You know, uh, just in case any of my uh, my my friends from uh, childhood ever give this a listen, um, <laughs> I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. Uh, a lot. I grew up around a lot of Pats fans. Um, I also grew up around a lot of Yankees fans. Um, I found that right because Connecticut's kind of split. Right? Connecticut's yeah. pretty split. Yeah. Um, I found that Pats fan Pats fans were generally really obnoxious about the fact <laughs> that they were Pats fans, and so were Yankees fans. So I root for the Red Sox. I, I grew up a Red Sox fan. That's that's like the one sport that I, I would actually be able to call myself a fan. Grew up a Red Sox fan, Red Sox fan, whatever, ride or die. Not really. I wouldn't. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, no. I would take a bullet for David Ortiz at this point. <laughs> I mean, he's a cool guy, but like, he's he's had his time, you know. I've still got a life to live. <laughs> That's valid. But but I I always sided with uh with my Giants mm. fans who were friends. Mm. My friends that were Giants fans. That took a while to get that sentence out. Um, that Giants. being said, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. Uh, at all, but it's pretty freaking legendary that he's pulled off his sixth bowl. I mean, I think you can I like gotta give him credit for that. I think you can make out with your kids and like have questionable political views and still be like the greatest football player <laughs> of all time. All right, questionable <laughs> political views got you. May he makes out with his kids now? Yeah, there's a couple videos oh, yeah, on the yeah. internet. No, he doesn't actually make out with his kids. Is the US government hiding this? Kissing his son in the mouth. I think that's all it is. Yeah. Oh. And people people, people turned it that. into a meme. Yeah. Uh, like that. And then he might have also kissed the Pat's owner Robert Kraft on the mouth after the win, but he did. That's what that's what it, it it looked like the yeah looked the like picture it. was like from bird's eye view and it's like their head was he deserved that he did he taste him <laughs> yeah was it as romantic it as a Spanish <laughs> love song it, it tasted yes, exactly 100%. like like me, Kraft yeah. mac and cheese as a Pats <laughs> fan it was it definitely was <laughs> yeah so wait so how do you feel about it Ramon with uh, your Rams hat yeah, your Rams um hat I mean I'm not too down about it I mean the Rams are still pretty young. Uh, they p- 
pulled off the best they could, but they definitely got a little outclassed there in the Super Bowl. After <laughs> Boston beating LA in two back to back championships, uh, like, do you hate me now? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing but love for you, Matt Baby. Ramon, I love you, man. <laughs> true, true friendship right there. <laughs> What about that halftime show? That's music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard. I heard everyone was super disappointed about that. I yeah. didn't see it. I was actually working at a supermarket that doesn't exist. <laughs> here, we, here we go. Okay, so they actually, I had a haircut today, and uh, the barbers <laughs> were talking about the the opening, the national anthem, and there was a bet placed mm. on it that if the the song, I don't know who sang it, I forget, but if the song would go over a minute and 48 seconds, that was the over-under. And so there's a bet, and it went over, it went two minutes. So, so, uh, it's crazy, it's crazy how, uh, this, the national anthem was, like, bet on by people. So that was, like, a big thing? No, yeah, they were talking about it, like, they had an over-under on, on the time that it would take to sing the national anthem. And people actually bet on that. Yeah, because some people go off like they they like it's it's just a solo for like it goes it seems like yeah. it goes on forever. And, and the barber was saying about different singers like if it was Ariana Grande, I'd bet way over because she's a great singer and she'd belt it out. But if it was like Lady Gaga, I don't know. Lady hey, Gaga. hey, Lady hey! Gaga's got a good voice. Yeah, yeah no, she too. Sing. But like uh, who's she like Fergie? What's his oh name? Oh my God, Fergie! She would have <laughs> <laughs> rapped it. <laughs> yeah, so probably cl- less than. That was so weird. Less than can oh, say, can you oh see? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. The, wor- the Warriors I locker room actually made a remix of it. It's fucking. Wait, Fergie actually did the national anthem at some point. Yeah. And it was terrible. It was so bad. Oh, I've seen videos of that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she almost kind of did rap it in a way. It was terrible. <laughs> I um I heard the back to so the the halftime show was mentioned. I heard that. I've heard it being described as uh, very vanilla, um, and I, I've heard that that was very intentional on the NFL's part following Beyonce's uh, very non-vanilla, you know, people were saying it was like militaristic and shit. Um, so I heard that yeah, the so NFL got a win out of that. I thought the oh. halftime show was pretty lit, man. Oh, sorry. I mean, it might have been the see fact it. that I was fucking trashed. Ramon, <laughs> 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 well, were you thirsty for Adam Levine? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but that fucking meteorite falling down. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bowl was Yo, lit. I can't believe they teased us with that SpongeBob shit, bro, and didn't even play the song. Mm. I didn't even know yeah. that was going to be a thing until it started. Well, wait, also, isn't it crazy that, like, it was a vanilla halftime show and, like, one of the main songs was still, like, Drake advocating for Xanax as a sleeping aid, I guess. <laughs> Wait, Drake performed? That just goes to show, goes no, show how mode, much yeah. uh, normalized drug usage That's is in, in American culture. But it's big pharma. They want us to be they want us to become Ecuadorian giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good time to talk about that. So if you guys have noticed, we've been opening the episodes with conspiracy theories because we want to hook you in with an awesome story. And so we've been hitting you with those conspiracy theories, and we hope you enjoy them. Today we talked about giants. We talked about so much else. But, but that's, that's why you always – the episodes start off with the weirdest thing ever. 
But they're all true. Yeah, they're all true. Yeah, we should do a um, a conspiracy uh, theory themed episode. You should do a conspiracy themed book since you write. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any uh, any other writers in the room right now? <laughs> any other writers? Yeah, yeah, going back to yeah I write all my own songs. Yeah, so. I wanted to ask you about your screenwriting, man. Yeah. Like, I'm curious about that. I can. F- oh, no. <laughs> so, okay, Bur- if you guys didn't know, Birdo was nominated for uh, a film Oscar. outside the frame. Uh, he was nominated for Best Screenplay at our school's uh, annual f- uh, award show. And I went with him, and it was it was really cool. Yeah, and I lost to Eric. I don't remember his last name. (laughs) 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 Screw you, Eric. (laughs) Terrible writer. Disrespect. I'm going to sound ignorant, but I don't know what screenwriting is specifically. I write movies. movies. Oh, so that's just... Like a script for a movie. Yeah, so... So what were you nominated for? What movie did you write? Uh, It was called (laughs) Villains of of Circumstance, and it's about uh, this really... Not old, but this mob boss who's kind of tired and he wants to retire and he wants to like live a happy life and he has a he has a wife and she's a part of the business and then she's murdered like right off the bat in the first couple of pages and so the rest of the movie is basically him just going ape shit and it's set in 1960s Italy and at first he thinks like oh someone just killed my fucking wife like that sucks I'm gonna go kill them but as he as he like uncovers the mystery, he learns that she she was a terrible person and like she committed all these crimes and that she was used it's it's a whole fucking like political thriller thing. And it was supposed to mirror Okay, so I'm actually gonna rant for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because it was yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. so one of the things is I wrote that script and it was supposed one of the main plot lines was that he was gonna find out that the government he hates and everything like that it was all infiltrated by fascists. And this is all based on like a relatively true story. And so it's supposed to be like, you know in Captain America when he finds out S.H.I.E.L.D. is Hydra? Yeah. And he's like, oh fuck. And then Bucky comes and you know, shit happens. Well, thanks for ruining that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bucky right. And so that's, that's what it was supposed to be like. And so I sent it off to all these managers and I sent it off to all these readers and everything. And I got a few people requesting, like, hey, we want to read it. We might want to buy it. But one of the people that read it, I'm not going to say his name. I don't remember his name either. But <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Eric. <laughs> he, he, he sent it back to me, like, with feedback. And he's like, I don't really understand why you have to tell this story now. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I can't respond to that because he's anonymous, the punk bitch. But still, you know. <laughs> And so I don't know what I'm ranting about, but it's basically that. Because I feel like it's very relevant to to find out that this thing you believed in for your entire life is suddenly, like, they're not the good guys anymore. Like, how do, how do you feel about that, like, does that, that Does that reflect, like, maybe your, like, I guess maybe a transformation the way you think about our country at all? Have yeah, you had, yeah. Have you had to, like, reevaluate because of recent events? you want to speak on that? A bit? For sure. So... I actually I grew up in Italy and I spent oh, okay. my part? middle school and high school life there and a little bit of college. Uh, Northern Italy, it's a city called Vicenza, which is okay. actually where the movie is set. It's like forty five minutes away from Venice, and you know you you learn a lot of interesting things. Like I I don't like making generalizations about groups of people, but I'm just gonna say it. Italians do not give a shit like <laughs> about many things, 
and it's not it's not like intentional apathy it's just like why worry you know they're so casual it's just like just live life to be happy don't live for like these goals and so you come back to the united states and everything is so fast-paced everyone is so focused on like i need to like get this next paycheck or i need to meet this deadline to to succeed in my field it's all about the end game and not really about the journey yeah it's just so competitive and in a and it kind of sucks because in a way you don't really feel i mean you're american but i don't really feel american if anything i feel like californian maybe yeah i spent a lot of time in new york i can i feel like new yorker but i don't feel american but living in italy you feel italian even if you aren't just because everyone it's just that kind of collective mindset and there's camaraderie there and so that's really like that's more than anything what i wanted i'm getting so emotional now that's more than anything what i wanted like my country to be like you know right because i was so proud of like being from Italy and being able to share all these things because Italy's so cool. And then, I don't know, it just kind of feels like like a stab in the back when you like talk to people, you know, and they have, I mean, I, I don't want to call out political views or anything, but it's okay. it just kind of feels like, yeah, it's just, it's all, it's all a gambit to make money now. Yeah. So that's what the script was supposed to be about. Like this thing that you love more than anything and that you've devoted your life to. And at the end, you find out that you're just a chump, you know. And so that's, yeah, I poured my heart and soul into that script. That's Hell awesome, yeah. man. So um, I definitely, so I, I did a, a semester in Florence. Um, but Florence I, is fucking awesome. Way better than Rome. It, no, Florence is a great city. Um and I also got to what, what I did mostly is I feel like most people when they go abroad kind of like try to travel outside of the country as much as possible. But I try to really get to know um, know Italy and stay within the country. Uh, and honestly, I did I did notice that um, like I I realized how kind of programmed I had been because um, so my family's Colombian, but I grew up most of my life in the states and like how programmed i was to always think about success yeah basically like even though i didn't think i was like some like super like like money hungry person right it was i didn't think of myself as somebody where that had that priority i like realized that deep down i still was like i was all my decisions up until that point had been still been based on like <coughs> i guess yeah like being competitive yeah, you um, feel like you have to prove yourself, right? Just as a human, exactly being, which as a is human. Ridiculous. And um, and yeah, like in Italy, it was just like maybe because America is such a n- new country, like on uh, you know relatively, right? Um, in a way, kind of like an artificial culture too. Like you know, in Italy, these families have been in the same areas for for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's like. You, you said the end game, right? But, yeah. like, we're thinking about the end game for, our, like, our own lives. Yeah. Like right? That's, that's like, like, I feel like Italians are thinking about, like, end game, like, w- like in all of history. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, everything kind of just goes away eventually anyways. Like, yeah. why worry too much? Um, and kind of the focus on family, too, um, was really cool. Like, so I actually met, like, a really distant country or a distant cousin 
in uh, southern Italy. And she, like, traveled all the world, right? Like, did her stuff, got her experiences. and But she came back still and, like, is now in control of her family's hotel. Like, sh- there's still that duty. Yeah. Whereas, like, we always want to just kind of leave her family behind, I feel like, in the U.S. But, yeah. What was uh, what was it like with your family in, in Italy? Like, they're not Italian, actually, right? Yeah, my family is Hispanic, mm. so... No, they did. Did they? Were they? How long were they in Italy before? Or what? I forget the exact. The easiest way to remember is we were there for all of Obama's presidency. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Essentially. Picked a great time to come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <I know>. Obama. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. We had family friends that were Italian, mm. because Italians are just. Man, they're just so again generalizations, but friendly. They have great know. disco music too. Oh my sh- fucking the god! Electronic they do. music is. Yeah, they do. Yeah, great scene over there. Yeah, a bunch of silent discos, which are weird if you're not wearing the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Very unsettling. Wait, silent discos? Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, okay, so silent discos are basically like where you go and they give you a pair of headphones that are playing the music. (laughs) What? And so you'll be like downtown in the city center at like 2 in the morning just getting crunk, but nobody will hear it because all the music's over the headphones. And then like different colors mean like a different song or different like genre of music playing. And yeah, you just go hard. Quietly, kind of. Yeah, I've heard about this too. It's cool because it it's like, still it's a social experience, but you're not required to like talk to anyone. You can just have your headphones on and just be yourself around others. Yeah. And like dance your your heart out. And then you can just take the headphones off and like, talk without screaming. Yeah. It's cool. Very nice. Should do a show like that. (laughs) Just (laughs) streaming it into everyone has it. (laughs) Has your own earbuds in. Yeah. Sounds like the future, because it's kind of annoying going out. I mean, there's a kind of expectation. You gotta talk to people and shit. You gotta meet it's people. Loud as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it's loud as hell. Come on. But it sounds cool. You could just go in there and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. You just focus on. Focusing more on the experience rather than the people there. Which yeah. I think that's, that's way better. Because over here, you kind of forget about the experience. You're just more focused on who am I going to talk to? Oh, I got to make a good impression. I got to do all this and I got to do all that. That's right, dude. That's the end game you're thinking about. Yeah, see, and and it kind of goes. Yeah, see, and it goes back to that. Like, we have a very individualistic culture here. And I think that's the reason why people are always just thinking about themselves like you kind of mentioned earlier here in the states everyone's just thinking about well what am i going to do with my own life and there's not really much of a thought of what am i going to do for other people and i think that kind of hurts our progress a lot because a lot of people especially like coming from a latino background like you think about your family a lot you think about the community a lot and I don't really notice that here, especially when I went to college. And I met all these different people. They they all wanted to get away from their parents. And they just, w- 
talk about oh when my parents died and now I'm gonna go do all this and that. But that's mm. I think that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, dude, I fucking that's love my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like going back, going back to the Hispanic thing. Like you know, I feel like in our culture. I don't know if it's the same in Italy. If you observe that while you're there, but well, yeah, I, I guess it kind of is. It definitely is, but. It's like there's nothing shameful about living with your parents until you're like secure. Yeah, you know seriously, I mean? like it's not it's not uncommon to to not move out of your parents' house until you're like 25, 26 over there. Yeah, like or you get married basically. Yeah, and like, it's not like a signal of like failure or you're slow or anything. It's just like yeah. Well, first off, who the fuck wants to move away from like <laughs> a house where you're fed and loved? And like clothes. I mean, these are all assumptions. If you come from a house that's not like that, I am so right, sorry. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a house where you are hated, you are intentionally starved. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the thing. They maybe derobe just you. <laughs> but I think it actually. Oh man, I'm gonna definitely go off the deep end. I'll try not to go on a rant here. But basically, in the United States, it's kind of. I think it's because of our expansionism mindset. So a lot of there's a, like a lot of social programming basically made to make America's expand west. And so that still rem- that thought process still remains in our culture that we have to leave everything behind. Manifest destiny. Yeah, exactly. And that's but except, you know, we're all just ex- instead leaving to like the same four cities <laughs> instead of like mm. yeah. the wild west. And I I think it really comes back to bite you in your ass because when you could be spending that time until you're 25, 26, 27, saving up, investing in things that are actually gonna help you long term, you're pouring your money into an apartment, into car payments, uh, all that little shit into yeah. groceries that you could be saving up and you could be actually putting that towards like a real home. Um, and instead you're just kind of, you're, you're working to yeah. live and living to work and you just lose all your money and you just get old (laughs) on that note (laughs) (laughs) yeah we are hitting around the the one hour mark is is the we usually end up with a song but is there anything else you'd uh, like to discuss or, or bring up or talk about where can the listeners find your music or your so (coughs) for my very limited selection of available music you can check out my soundcloud aaron-rad that's a-a-r-o-n dash r-a-d you can also search on youtube aaron radulski or aaron radulski pants on fire uh either one of those should should come up with uh my Liar, liar, pants on fire song. Cool. <laughs> and Birdo? Uh, if you want to find my music, you can go on Spotify and look up Jack Johnson. Yeah. That's my stage <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, Birdo, you, you make some really cool playlists. I've, I've scoured those. Oh, yeah, I do make a lot of playlists, but that's just to fuck around with. And I try giving them nice names. All right, so yeah. when we make the post, we'll link... Aaron's video, yeah. and you're gonna give us your favorite one, right? So <laughs> we can yeah. we can plug it. I'll just give you yeah. a nude. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Put it as the cover for this podcast. So, <laughs> we'll uh, so as the show ends, what song would you like to be as the the outro? 
Aaron, do you want to do one of yours or, or a song you've been listening to? Uh, your choice. Or you can, you two, since you're the dual guests, is there a song that you can ag- agree upon? You can. You can <laughs> pick a song. I feel like if you pick a song, it would be meaningful. Whereas, I don't know. I was. All right, it's on you, Aaron. What song do you want everyone to listen to? God, everyone's looking at me. <laughs> is it is it a, a dick move to suggest my own song? No, 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 that's oh, that's what we not. usually do. No. Yeah, that's what we would actually. All right. Um, let's uh, let's do the king. The king. Cool. What a papers they say he battled cancer till today. What a way. Descend from his throne, ravished by wildfire, so graciously in the comfort of his home. I'll cry goodbye. What a crazy word. Wonder if he'll hear it if I whisper. Will he know? If I don't go to the office tomorrow, will it help him win his way into heaven? If I pray and weep of his inspiring ways, will they tell his tale in the textbooks that they sell? And are they gonna word it well? What's to be made? Where is the plan? They better say he was a good man.
listening to this episode of the Tape Rooms podcast. And remember, keep, keep it wormy. Keep it wormy.